Are you ready for the quantum age? Humanity's next step in evolution? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you to the extraordinary platform of evolutionary voices for the quantum age. Let's explore. Learn more about this upcoming age where we bridge science with spirituality. Where potentiality meets reality. Where we take compassion into action. Our trailblazers and visionaries will ask the whys, the what ifs, while igniting continuous possibility. Come along with us into an age beyond what we know today, where we can grow together in unity consciousness. Experience evolutionary voices for the quantum age, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on DreamVision7Radio.com. Welcome to Awakening to True Happiness with modern-day mystic David Hoffmeister, offering you the how-to to spiritual awakening by addressing on a practical level answers to your deepest questions. David Hoffmeister is a world-renowned teacher of A Course in Miracles and has been traveling the world for the past quarter of a century, offering his wisdom to audiences wherever invited. On this show, you'll hear recordings of David's best live talks, inviting you into an experience of deep wisdom and true clarity. To learn more about David, visit his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Awakening to True Happiness with David Hoffmeister is part of Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age. Heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Oh, I'm so excited about the movie today. Uh, this is going to literally uh, blow your mind wide open. We are going to, we're going to use philosophy today. We're going to use metaphysics. We're going to use science and quantum physics. We're going to use a little bit of psychology. We're going to use uh, everything that's been in the history of the human race to realize how to forgive right now, <laughs> how to let go of distorted perception, how to let go of the belief that you're separate from everyone else and separate from God. And what a movie. Uh, we have a movie called Einstein and Eddington, and this is a movie based on actual events that occurred in the early 1900s, uh, right before the outbreak of the First World War. And the movie will take place during, uh, the movie will get into the place where there's a world war going on. <laughs> so you got to love the pursuit of truth. I don't care what you call it. Call it God. Call it truth. Call it love. Call it oneness, call it reality, call it heaven, call it nirvana. It doesn't matter what words you use, but every single discipline in this world is based on belief. So we have the study of things in this world. We study things. And... Um, Back in ancient China, they, they began to have a non-dualistic uh, spirituality and philosophy that, that was there. Then Jesus came along, and he was the living experience of, of oneness, of love, of light, of uh, God's love. 
And it was the demonstration. It was the demonstration uh, on planet Earth of this absolute oneness, absolute divinity. It was just expressed, but, but this divinity is pure light. Light is not male or female. Light is not masculine or feminine. Those are still dualistic terms that are get, get pasted onto the light. But the light is prior to time. It's prior to the Big Bang. It's prior to the belief in separation. And today, I'm going to go with you on a journey where you're going to hear more different angles and, and things that will explain this crazy world and why you cannot believe in it. The more you understand where this world and this cosmos came from, you will say, I can't believe this. And you're right. <laughs> you're not really capable of believing something that is false when you were created by spirit to be real, to be true. So let's just, before we uh, get into the movie, let's just have some fun uh, with different things like, uh, for example, science. When we go back and look at the history of science, we see that the scientific method has its roots in Sir Isaac Newton. And Sir Isaac Newton, basically, he started to formulate a whole cosmology, a whole philosophy based on the cosmos, on separate objects and separate things, on, on time, on space, on gravity, on motion, on energy. Sir Isaac Newton of England, he basically came up with what we would call scientific method. Basically, you measure the world, and then you deduce, or you conclude, and you draw conclusions and, and laws and rules based on those measurements, those observations. So basically, we're going to call Sir Isaac Newton, you know, he's basically like, he's like the father of science, okay? Everything in the scientific method goes back to Sir Isaac Newton. And if you go back into the non-dual teachings and the great teachings of the Upanishads and the Veda, Veda Vedanta, you go back into what Jesus is teaching in A Course in Miracles, what he's teaching us is that what we're perceiving through the five senses and through the body's eyes and ears, what we smell, taste, touch, feel, all that we perceive is what Jesus would call illusion. And what the ancients in Advaita Vedanta called maya, which is the same meaning, that, that everything that is perceived through the five senses is absolute illusion. It has no reality whatsoever because God didn't create it. And everything that's real is God and what comes from God. So Christ, not, we're not talking about Jesus the man, but Christ is an idea in the mind of God. It's a pure idea. It's a pure creation from God. So the Christ is pure light, pure love, eternal. It's, it's, it's changeless. And the Christ idea is part of reality. Uh, and God is part of reality. And Christ has creations. So our natural state of being the Christ has creations, but they're pure spirit. So everything about reality and everything about heaven is pure spirit. Pure spirit is reality. 
And pure spirit has a cause, which the cause is God and Christ is the effect. And then the creations of Christ are also further effects, but they're all spirit. So when we start to look at the world with Isaac Newton, the thing with Newton is he based his entire philosophy on what could be observed through the five senses. And what Jesus is teaching us in A Course in Miracles is the five senses were made by the ego to keep the mind blind from knowing the truth. So you will never perceive the truth because perception involves the five senses. You will never perceive reality because reality is pure love, light, abstract. And we could say everything about perception is false. Now, you may wonder like, wow, it, that's an interesting journey to try to know the truth when perception and everything that the ego made, including the entire time-space cosmos, is all part of a projection to keep you blind from knowing who you really are as the, as the Christ. And what we're seeing is that, that a lot of the ancient texts, the Bhagavad Gita, talked about, you know, the lies of the five senses. Jesus talks about the five senses in basically saying the body's eyes were made not to see, the body's ears were made not to hear, and the great perennial wisdom teaches us that you can't really trust what you're perceiving with your five senses because the ego made them and uses them to keep you from waking up to who you really are. So it's a trick. Uh, you might say uh, um, that the whole cosmos is science fiction. Sometimes people want to ask, did it really happen or is it science fiction? Jesus is saying the whole cosmos is science fiction. Uh, when we look at the term fantasy, most of us have an idea about what fantasies are. We think of fantasies in our mind, and what Jesus is saying is, Everything you perceive is fantasy, without exception. Everything you perceive, without exception, is fantasy. And it's maintained by the ego, which generated it. Reality doesn't have anything to do with fantasy. Fantasy involves images and making false association to obtain pleasure, Jesus tells us, from these false associations. So this world is a world of fantasy. It's a world of fiction, you know, might say it is like fantasia. Now, if we look at this, we go, go back a little bit further, we can see that because of Isaac Newton's belief and everything that he believed in was based in this physical world, in this uh, cosmos, that basically Newton and all of science was rooted in false belief. So, uh, it's not that only science is rooted in false belief, but a lot of religion and theology is rooted in false belief. <laughs> Education, rooted in false belief. Uh, most of our psychological system is also rooted in false belief. Uh, let's take, for example, someone like Sigmund Freud. Uh, so everybody heard of Sigmund Freud? <laughs> I hope so. Well, what Jesus says is what, what Freud had right 
was Freud said that all dreams are wish fulfillment, and Jesus is agreeing with Freud on that point. But Jesus is not just talking about our nighttime dreams. He's saying the, per, the world that we perceive is a dream world too. That he says in the Course, all your time is spent in dreaming. So all your time is spent in wish fulfillment. Wish fulfillment, looking for better situations for the body, looking for the betterment of the body in terms of health, in terms of um, things to do, more excitement, more stimulation, more adventures. Uh, the ego itself is a death wish, and that can be quite boring. So the ego had to invent a world of substitution with lots of pseudo-excitement, pseudo-adventures, and Jesus is saying it's all fantasy. Without exception, it's all fantasy. There's nothing real about anything that the five senses show you. Now, there was a, there was a, a, a philosopher in Germany. Some of you has anybody heard of Immanuel Kant? Immanuel Kant was a, an amazing philosopher because Immanuel Kant asked the question, "How do we know?" what we know. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Sir Isaac Newton, who lived uh, also in Europe and England, he didn't ask that question, how do we know what we know? So basically, Kant speculated, he thought, everything that we know is either one of two ways. Either it's a priori, it's either a priori prior to the five senses, meaning there's something there that's prior to the five senses, and that's how we know what we know. <laughs> or it's a posteriori. And a posteriori was everything that comes after the five senses. So basically, Kant asked the question, how do we know what we know? If everything that we know comes from after the senses, then it's based on the five senses. But if everything that we know is prior to the five senses, oh, Jesus, before Abraham was, I am. Before the Big Bang was, I am. Before the five senses seem to be, Jesus is like, I am. I am one with the Father. I am one with God. Now, this was a big thing. There was actually a, a, also a 14th uh, I think in the 1400s was the first time uh, uh, someone who had actually pondered about before the five senses and after the five senses. But Immanuel Kant, he basically said, no, this is a very important question because if the purpose of philosophy is to find meaning and true meaning is prior to the five senses, prior to linear time, then that means it's a priori. That's very important. Newton assumed that meaning could only be found uh, a posteriori, after the five senses, through the five senses. That was Newton's big problem, was that, that basically he assumed that there were such things in time and space that were absolutes that God created. And Jesus has clarified for that note, God didn't create anything of time and space. 
God didn't create time. God didn't create space. God didn't create gravity. God didn't create motion, black holes, stars, gases. Uh, God didn't even create what we would call light that travels through time and space at the speed of light. God didn't create that. And, and the other thing is God didn't create change. <laughs> wow. Everything in this cosmos is changing. I've even seen billboards that say the only thing that's constant is change. No. Christ is changeless. Spirit is changeless. God is changeless. Light, eternal love and light, reality is changeless. So, so basically, Immanuel Kant asked, he, he asked a very important question. And that is actually something that's very important for us who, who practice and study A Course in Miracles who are interested in truth. Now, do we have anybody in here in the room today that was interested in uh, philosophy? Is that, do we have any philosophers in the room? Basically, there's a whole branch of philosophy called epistemology. And for those of you who don't know what epistemology is, I'll make it real simple. Epistemology is the study of how do we know what we know. <laughs> it's, okay, so there's, there's Kant's question, and now there's a whole field that studies how do we know what we know. Um, what about metaphysics? Has everybody heard the term metaphysics? I use it a lot. What does metaphysics mean? How is it different from epistemology well it, metaphysics is basically it's it's all about reality what is reality is the basic question underneath all metaphysics because meta means beyond and physics is the physical so basically metaphysics when i always talk about course of miracles metaphysics is it's going beyond what meets the eye going beyond the five senses toward the light, towards the spirit. So the question that drives metaphysics is, what is the nature of reality? What is real? Wow, that's pretty deep. The whole field of me metaphysics is basically based on the question is, what is real? And what does the introduction of A Course in Miracles say? From Jesus Christ, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. So Jesus is giving us the ultimate metaphysics. He's giving us the ultimate pointing device. Those words of the introduction are basically saying who you believe you are as a personality self doesn't exist. The world you perceive through your five senses doesn't exist. The stars that you look at at night, or the moon, and the sun that you look at during the day, doesn't exist. People talk about, we have a solar system. The solar system doesn't exist. The galaxy that our solar system is in doesn't exist. And all the other galaxies that they're discovering with the great powerful microscopes and telescopes don't exist. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Jesus, for clarifying our metaphysics. <laughs> we know that Freud said that this world was wish fulfillment. So, 
But what Freud didn't really know was what is that wish that this world and this cosmos is the fulfillment of? The wish that made this cosmos is the ego. It is a death wish. Uh, that's what Freud called Thanatos, the death urge, the death wish. So the entire cosmos was made, the Big Bang, everything from the Big Bang that extended on, it's going on into entropy and it's going further and further into accelerated states of disorder. <laughs> Sounds like a horror story. I'm just talking about the cosmos, so it's not talking about God. It sounds like a horror story because it is it is a horror story in in that sense because it's a it's all based on a death wish. All the electrons were invented by the ego. All the protons and the neutrons, all the molecules, all the all the uh, the one cell organisms, the amoeba, and all the things that Darwin talked about. And the evolution of the species, illusion, 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 maya, maya, maya. Now, the good news is Jesus actually, he got to transcend the ego. So he's more of the demonstration that it's possible because Jesus seemed to be a man who walked apart from other human beings and he seemed to walk and teach and and he healed the sick and he raised the dead and did some pretty extraordinary things. But remember, that's just symbology. To wake up, you have to actually forgive Jesus. You have to forgive all men, all women, all children, all babies, and every organism and all of time and space. What Jesus is telling us to wake up to eternal nature, you've got to forgive it all. You've got to come to a place to say, I was mistaken about all of it. I mean all of it. I mean every aspect of the cosmos you have to see was was part of the mistake. Now, if we start to look at people like uh, in psychology, like uh, the, we mentioned Freud, Carl Jung, he made great contributions. He kept talking about the unconscious mind, the shadow self, and Jesus is telling us the same thing in the Course. You have to look at the shadow self because you have to raise it to awareness and you have to see its impossibility before you can be free of the world. Carl Jung's great contributions were basically saying, yes, you must look at the shadow self. You cannot deny it. You cannot repress it. You cannot keep it out of awareness and hope to wake up from this world. Abraham Maslow, Hierarchy of Needs, The Great Pyramid, What's at the top of that pyramid? Self-actualization. Same thing that the ancient Greeks said, know thyself. That's what the purpose of this world is simply to know thyself. This world has no other purpose except to know who you are. If you try to give it another purpose other than knowing who you really are, truly, as a creation of God, you will go off into distractions and layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of, of distractions. You, you could say that this time-space cosmos is distractionville to the max. Now, why is this movie so good for us today? It's because, well, it's got a couple interesting characters in it. It's early 1900s, and so 
we have Albert Einstein, a young Albert Einstein. And Einstein is working on his theory of relativity because the thing that keeps Einstein up at night during the beginning of this movie is he's trying to figure out gravity. How's that for a problem? He's not so interested in the interpersonal problems. He's He's got a, a wife and kids, but he's not so interested in that. He's not so interested in his position in the world. He's not so interested in what country he's from. He's not so interested in pretty much anything. The one thing that keeps Albert Einstein during these early years up at night is he is troubled by gravity. Isn't that lovely? That's deep. <laughs> he's he's not sleeping at night because he's trying to figure out gravity. <laughs> and he's got some problems there because he can't seem to figure it out. And uh, this is right before World War One. In this beginning of the movie, Einstein, young Einstein, is with uh, he. He's with uh, a student of his that he married, and he has uh, two children, and um, and he's living in Zurich, uh, Zurich, Switzerland. He's actually left Germany. He's down there in Zurich, and he's pondering, pondering, pondering. Uh, he's pondering gravity. Uh, his wife, I think, wants to talk about other things like family and the children, but this guy is pondering gravity. You gotta love that every true scientist wants to find the, the absolute truth. And for Einstein, understanding how gravity works in conjunction with time and space and motion, uh, he wants to know how gravity works. He wants to know how it fits into the scheme of things. Everyone who's a true scientist wants to find something absolute. Scientists are not interested in question marks. Scientists love answers. <laughs> and guess what? Psychologists love answers. Guess what? Philosophers love answers. People in all forms of education, they love answers. In all the fields of study of this world, everybody is searching for an absolute truth. Jesus basically is telling us that the only absolute is reality, that God is the creator of reality, and the only thing you can really know is who you are, is God created you, and you can know God in that way, and you can know your own creations, which are purely spiritual. But he's basically teaching us this is like the, the ultimate of uh, epistemology. How do I know what I know? Jesus says, when you wake up and remember who you are, you will know yourself, you'll know God, and you'll know your creations. And there's some divine epistemology. That just takes the prize. There is nothing in the field of epistemology that comes close to the living Christ, because Christ is know thyself. The Greeks talked about Christ. The abstract idea of pure light is the purpose of everything. There's nothing else to know. You know, if somebody tells you, you know what, uh, 
Did you hear about this thing on the radio, the latest uh, thing that's happening in the world? And you don't have to say, I heard it or I know it already, because the definition of being a human being is essentially that you know nothing, but think you know something. That's what it is to be human. <laughs> you know absolutely nothing, but you think you know something. And that's a good definition of a human being. <laughs> know absolutely nothing, think you know something. In terms of meaning, there is no meaning in this cosmos. And that's why the first lesson of the Course in Miracles is nothing I see means anything. That's why workbook lesson 128 is the world I see holds nothing that I want. Some of you might remember Shakespeare. Everybody remember Shakespeare? One of his plays was Much Ado About a Nothing. That was his play. That, that applies very well to this cosmos. Much Ado About Nothing. Now, when Einstein is coming along and he's beginning to look at gravity and formulate his theory of relativity, he's got missing pieces and he's just, he's still not sure about it at the beginning of this movie. But there is a, there is a scientist in England uh, named Arthur Eddington. And whereas we'll say Einstein, he's a physicist. In England, there's Arthur Eddington, and he is an astrophysicist and an astronomer. So here's how Jesus is going to bring it all together. He's going to take a scientist from Germany, Albert Einstein, and an astrophysicist and an astronomer from England, and they're going to collaborate. Don't you love it how Jesus uses collaborations where you would least expect it? That's, that's like Anna and Ken. There's a collaboration. Guatemala and England. That's just about as radical as Germany and England. Because during the beginning of this movie, Germany and England will be on opposite sides of a world war they are going to be trying to kill each other. <laughs> and I know Anna and Ken have had a few of those moments too, where they thought they were going to kill each other. But, but you see how Jesus uses the everything of this world to bring us into an experience of oneness, because that's the truth. Oneness is, is the truth. So this is just beginning to the world war. Einstein's going to be going from Zurich, He's going to get lured up to Berlin for a position with more money. He's going to be lured. Okay, there's legends in this movie. Does anybody ever heard of Max Planck? Has anybody ever heard of Max Planck? Max Planck is the father of quantum theory. So for those of you who like quantum, Max Planck is the father of quantum theory. And Max Planck is going to lure Albert Einstein up to Berlin from Zurich. He's going to have to leave his wife and kids behind to go up. But this is the beginnings of Nazi Germany. You imagine Albert Einstein going up to Berlin and the, the Nazis are meeting, plotting to kill people, 
plotting to use German science to make, you know, nitric uh, explosives, poisons to start to poison people. And Albert Einstein is going to, that just goes way against his life's purpose. Albert Einstein is a physicist and he, he intuitively, I think he feels all people are brothers and sisters, everyone's connected, and he wants to discover how everything works together so ultimately he can know more about the connection. He's, he's in it for the connections. He's not in it for war. He's not in it for poison gases. He's not in it for using science to kill people. He's in it for the right reasons. He's going for the absolutes. He wants to know what are the deeper truths. And that's what a good pure science, science major is. A, science, a, a true scientist is one who wants to find out the truth, find out the absolute. Now, Arthur Eddington is in England. He's a Quaker. How's that for you? Isn't that an interesting combination? Astronomer, astrophysicist, and he's a Quaker. Does anybody know anything about the Quakers? They're, they're very devoted to God, very simple. And the Quakers are very nonviolent. So you can only imagine when his country is getting into a war <laughs> that Arthur Eddington wants nothing to do with it, just like Albert Einstein wants nothing to do with war. They are in it for the truth. They are in it to go deeper. These guys are lit up by finding the deeper meanings that are underneath the surface of things. So actually, we're going to see in the movie how Arthur Eddington and Albert Einstein become pen pals when, when Eddington's starting to find out uh, more about Einstein. He finds uh, in his library at his observatory where he's got a position, he's going to, to look into what Albert Einstein is about. So on the surface of things, England and Germany will go to war against each other in part of World, World War I. And all the suspicions around war don't associate with the German, don't associate with the British person. Uh, when countries go to war, you really get to see whether you believe in countries or not. <laughs> That's really a good test for your mind. How willing are you to go with John Lennon's lyrics, imagine there's no country, I wonder if you can, nothing to kill or die for, a brotherhood of man. You see, that's our poet, John Lennon. He's the mystic of the Beatles. But back, this is back many years. This is, uh, this is back maybe uh, 50, 50 some years before the Beatles. This is the early 1900s. And this is the context of the movie. How will this impact us? I will I will do the commentary during the movie to show you how this is so important for our awakening to the Christ. Also, as we go deeper into this movie, we're going to see that that the things that we have considered important conflicts are not really important conflicts at all. Most people would say 
oh, I've got interpersonal difficulties. And in the larger scheme of things, there really aren't interpersonal difficulties. They're, they're just projections of the belief in separation. We might, some may say, what, there's, there's, there's global issues. There's, there's issues uh, between different nations. There's, there's issues between me and my neighbor. There's issues between me and my dog or my cat. <laughs> there's issues, uh, there's pollution issues, there's environmental issues, there's, there's a whole range of issues. And, and what this movie is going to help us see with Jesus's help is that all the issues that we have believed in are not the issue. We have got one issue that, to deal with, and that's the belief in separation from God. And that one issue is generating a perceptual problem that basically has already been solved. And Jesus knows it's already been solved. So he's like telling us, please bear with me and come inside with me. Join with me, pray with me, be with me, and see that the problems that you believe you have had are not really the problems at all. It's been a perceptual problem. The thing I love about this movie, too, are these are two men that are very unlikely collaborators. They, they come from very different um, back, backgrounds, Germany and England. They come from very different educations. I don't think um, Einstein would be identified at this point in the early part of his life with any particular religion, but Arthur Eddington is. He's a Quaker. He's very much a devoted uh, follower of, of Jesus, and he's very much into nonviolence, and he's also open-minded. Both of these characters are very open-minded, and you really have to be if you're going to go for the truth. You can't carry with you biases, prejudices, opinions, those things are the, will weigh you down, will block you from the light. And these characters, Einstein and Eddington, are very, very open. Uh, we will see um, they're still going through their awakening process with their relationships. Um, Arthur Eddington will get to see his sister. He's very connected to his sister. Uh, he's also attracted to a man in the in the movie who's who's going to go off to war which is very difficult for arthur because uh, he's so nonviolent in his nature um he's very attracted to this man and this man's going to go off to the front lines uh, to, to i believe to france and so there's a lot of issues that come up and they have to face those issues as they come so i hope you enjoy the movie as much as i do i've the last three days, I've been lit up like a firecracker, just knowing that I'm going to show this movie on the last day of 2022. And this is going to rock your mind. This is going to blow your mind wide open. Because one thing people don't understand is if you apply quantum physics to everyday living, whoa, that's radical. If you apply divine metaphysics to everyday living. That's radical. That'll blow your mind. If you apply anything of this world that is non-dual, 
we'll just call it non-dual philosophy. If you apply that to everyday living, that will blow your mind wide open. You will not be the same as you were before if you follow the teachings that we're going to go through in this movie. So get comfortable, get ready for some of the greatest scientists, Max Planck, the father of quantum theory, Albert Einstein, the discoverer of the theory of relativity, the great astrophysicist that nobody ever heard of or remembers, Arthur Eddington. <laughs> this guy made a huge contribution to the sonship with his life, and nobody knows about him. <laughs> Nobody's heard of him. <laughs> but we will now. We're going to get to see him in action. Go Arthur, Arthur Eddington, early 1900s England. Uh, he's going to be in the same astronomer, uh, astronomy uh, institute that that uh, that Isaac Newton was. He's going to be like in the same position, uh, except there was eight other. He's like in the ninth person to hold the position that Isaac Newton held. And here comes number nine. Arthur Eddington's going to overthrow everything that Newton found, thought he found. And that's what I like, somebody who's going to willing to question everything and to overthrow all of science as it was taught back in the day and, and still is pretty much taught today in textbooks. <laughs> the planet is pretty slow. <laughs> it's slowly coming around here. Uh, usually at the at the setup, I give you our our themes, but now here at the very end of the movie, uh, before I go into uh, what you've written in, I'm just I think I'm just going to read the themes, and you tell me if this fit the movie, <laughs> okay? You tell me in your heart, just by smiling. <laughs> so our first theme this is reversed, but this is how we do it. Our first theme was stay focused on my spirit-given function, no matter what the world reflects. <laughs> Even if it's a world war, that we can stay focused on our spirit-given function. Yeah, we have no idea what the future holds. We know it's it's Jesus. <laughs> Christ is our is our future, our past, and our present. But stay focused on my spirit-given function no matter what the world reflects. Number two, don't conform to the laws of this world. Open my mind to a whole new way of thinking. Transcend time and space through shared purpose. Devote all time to find the truth and use collaboration to bless the whole. Ooh, that feels like we got some themes in there. That's right, Andrea. We, we really got some themes. This is the last day of 2022. And um, <clears throat> I saw today. Nostradamus, Nostradamus has some predictions, but I think our prediction is God. <laughs> that's 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 our prediction for the world. <laughs> God is God is imminent. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just going to read what what came in. We start off with Isabel de Ward. 
from the Netherlands, and she is giving us a prayer for herself and for absolutely all of us. So, wow, these are some vibes going out all over the cosmos now from, from Isabel. And she writes, my prayer for the new year is have my heart open fully and to have my mind be expanded. I want to learn to give all to all, exclamation. <laughs> I wish to fully give my life over to the Holy Spirit and forgiveness, exclamation, exclamation. Thank you, Isabel. That's that's the best prayer we could have. <laughs> we can we can all let it flow through our hearts and out to everyone that we think of and everyone we see, out to the whole universe. So thank you. That's very touching. That's a that's that's a that's a prayer. <laughs> that's beautiful. And Tanya from um, Bavaria, Germany writes, just wanted to express my gratitude. This year has brought so much healing, and at times it seemed very chaotic. But with a little help from my friends, I managed to hold on to my faith in God. Although I felt very often like I was losing my religion, even my sister is included in the miracles and perceives them too. And I'd love to praise the Father with all my heart for everything. Okay, that's beautiful. Praise the Father for everything. Praise to the Christ mind for being everything and created as everything. And praise to all of Christ's beautiful spiritual creations that are just waiting for us to wake up to let go of perception and remember eternal creation. So uh, sometimes people say, what about the children? Yeah, Christ has creations. We're just not aware of them when we believe in the ego, but but it, that's gonna be a, a family reunion when the, the Christ is, is reunited in full awareness with all the creations of the Christ, all spiritual creations. So thank you, Tanya. Thank you for sharing that. And Gisela from Lima, Peru writes, my prayer is for God to help us choose happiness. And my heart's desire is for us to find our purpose in God and to share all of his love with our brothers and sisters. Amen. Thank you, Gisela. Thank you for that. Wow, we've got everywhere. We've got uh, Tanya was from Germany and here from the United Kingdom. My prayer, this is from Muna. My prayer is to release two massive projections, belief in separation, that I uncovered during this movie. Projecting badness, evilness, and dark-heartedness on Arabs, 
and putting the English on a pedestal or above them or in the light. And horrific moment of separation with my parents where they seemed to cut me off after a rape trauma and I cannot find any comfort anywhere. I'm inconsolable about this rift in our relationship and the only thing I can do to soothe myself is to viciously attack myself constantly and unconsciously. Okay. Well, thank you, Muna. Yeah, thank you for putting that on the altar. We we hold you in the prayers of healing and light because um, I know you've shared with us that sometimes when, when we have these movies, they do serve the purpose to trigger and to bring up things that were there. And uh, certainly, wow, those scenes in the movie with uh, Eddington when the, they were rounding up the, the Jewish families um, and to capture them or to take bully them or try to expel them. And he, he did quite the opposite. He took them into his home. He told his sister, we need, we need to make a safe place for these people. And then also, yeah, stand that um, Albert Einstein took too when they started to, uh, when they actually, you know, gassed all those people at uh, at that first battle. Um, yeah, he went in there and he just he did not uh, hold back. He was he was kind of told that it was kind of a quiet, sacred place, and he said. Am I, is this too loud for you? Is you need to, do you, is this shouting? <laughs> he just let, let the shouts come out that he, he was not in favor of uh, science being used to gas people. And he didn't hold back uh, for position or country. He just let it come up and out. So I'm glad you're just letting these, these thoughts come up from the unconscious for healing now, because they, that's how we let them go. We bring them into full awareness. So thank you, Muna. We're with you. We're with you in this deep healing. And we have Wesley from Jalisco, Mexico. Thank you, David. When Einstein was reading Eddington's letter about Mercury, something opened up in my heart. It felt like as Einstein was opening to see a completely different worldview, it was a witness to a deepening and, trans and transformation of my own perception. Much like watching The Chosen and seeing some of the characters open up to God's love through Jesus and witnessing the truth in Christ, this scene felt like I cracked something open and I felt a deep appreciation for the Course, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and for the gentle and consistent guidance and pointers back to the truth that you are offering along this path for Angie and I over the past couple of years. A lot of darkness has been brought up into the light, and it feels like the choice for the Spirit is much more clear than ever over these past couple years. Thank you so much for showing us the way, for being a witness to the to true forgiveness and the ever-present experience of joy. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this deep and beautiful experience of trust, of peace of mind, of God's love. Thank you for this beautiful blessing. Amen. Yeah, that's it. And then the, <laughs> see the puppy is so <laughs> the puppy's face says it all, along with you. <laughs> That is total deep relaxation and meditation and just a symbol for all of us to just be cared for, just allow ourselves to be totally loved unconditionally and, and cared for. And I'm glad, I'm glad you really enjoyed that scene. I, I also, uh, uh, you know, I, I just love seeing Eddington's face, you know, when he he had all these people shouting outside of this friends meeting. Then he went with the German family and his sister and passed through them. He he got spit on. They spit on his face, right in his face, and he was totally defenseless. And then he went back and he started, he pulled the, the German girl into the room when he had this inkling that Mercury was off took the time to write it out to uh, Einstein. And then, wow, when Einstein first read the letter, he was transported because it was like somebody in the universe joining him in there may be another way of, of looking at the whole cosmos. And wow. So I join you in that. That was very touching for me. I, I had such a deep feeling showing this movie because uh, that just shows... The collaborations are are brought about by the the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and the relationships are brought about. And Einstein and Eddington were brought together uh, from different countries and different cultures, just like you and Angie, uh, Canada and Mexico. Who would have thought? We've got uh, yeah, Anna and and Kenneth over there from Guatemala and Great Britain being used. And I think just like Jesus loved pairing people up two by two and undoing the belief in differences, wow, what a what a ride. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a strong ride, but we wouldn't have it any other way because we're praying for healing and uh, the Spirit is showing us that we're actually, we're all the same one. We may have different, we may look different to the body's eyes, but really we're the same one. And we're just going to rejoice all the way back to the kingdom of heaven. So thank you. Thank you both. Oh, we love you so dearly. Oh. Well, that's beautiful. That's Those are our uh, comments and everything. I have to tell you, too, after I uh, took a little break there, I... I put on our our song that we played at the beginning, Hello Peace, Hello Joy, Hello Love. Uh, sin is not my purpose, you are, God, you are. And uh, death is not the end, you are, you are. <laughs> That's the way we'll end this uh, broadcast today. Putting God first, giving all the glory to God, and being grateful that we can be shown the way with such patience and such determination and love. So thank you all. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this edition of Awakening to True Happiness with modern day mystic David Hoffmeister. You can access more of David's teachings by visiting his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Tune in to David again next week on Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age, heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network.